0: For success, level up with truth, meaning, trade-offs,
1: perspective. Welcome, everybody. Uh, tonight we have guest Craig Southerd. Craig, thanks for being here. Thank you. And we all know Matt, of course, our our favorite co-host.
0: Craig, good to have you. Thanks for thanks for joining us. We are. Doing some talking already, but Paul Paul already mentioned that I I was quiet, you know, quieter than I normally am, <laughs> um, uh, because I'm burning, you know, good content week after week, talking before we start recording. But no, we're glad to ha- glad to have you, and looking forward to talking to you some more. So so yeah, thanks again here. for being here. Yes,
1: yeah, so Craig, I've I've known you since high school, a long time ago, 2004, you graduated, yep. and. Back, back in 2004, you knew you were going to be an engineer and then an entrepreneur and always looking for the next business, right? You had it all figured out back then?
2: I'd say I was lucky to have an idea on the engineer side, um, more from the, the creation standpoint. Um, kind of had a, a duality of what I wanted to do. One was, Mother's uh, well, a you know incredible artist, in my opinion, and uh, so I wasn't great at that, but I knew that was something I, I enjoyed, you know, doing and at the same time, uh, I, I guess I saw that relationship of um, the engineering. So I have a lot of family members I've been lucky to be exposed to that are into creating all kinds of things, you know, whether that's cars, you know, from the mechanical engineering you know, standpoint to, uh, just cool things that are uncle that um just build a bridge out of telephone poles and watched him do that, you know, across our, our creek to go get maple syrup and, you know, things like that. So I just love that whole idea of yeah, putting something to paper and and creating it. So um did not know necessarily I want to be a civil engineer, but um I was attracted to to civil engineering. But the entrepreneur side uh actually never really crossed my mind or any other role that I'm doing now, such as you know, public service. So <laughs>
1: That's awesome. So I always feel like with students I have, there's two types of people that want to be engineers. Uh, good math students, because their parents tell them you should be an engineer. And then the engineer yep. you described that you like to tinker and dabble and you come from a creative family. So uh, yep. I guess I guess having a degree in problem solving, it was the next obvious step for you, correct?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, if I had got anything out of uh, you know, engineering, i, I doubt I could even do 80% of the math. I went to school for because I haven't been practicing. I actually just pulled out some uh, um, differential equations books I had, and I had no idea what I'm looking at um, at all. That was Uh, me
0: every math class.
2: Yeah, you know, so I wasn't, I was good at math, but I, uh, and I had to work for it, you know, as I went along, like anything really calculus and above, I, I could comprehend it enough to get by, but I wasn't getting, you know, 90s, but yeah, I think that's that's the biggest thing I got of um, with the role of an engineer, or you know, the, the idea is really it's just problem solving. It's it's gathering your your data, and uh, and then you know figuring out a solution. And uh, there's one thing about, I guess, my character. I don't I don't know if this you know describes me as a high school student. You know, I think uh, but for the most part, I, I kind of saw myself always as a quiet person. I spent a lot of time just um, Something I guess mindset I was lucky to have just by default, but a lot of time just sitting back, you know, watching other people talk or th- watching things play out, and and uh, you know, just a lot of time absorbing stuff, you know, kind of being the last one to to speak or whatever. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with uh, you know some of the, the essential steps of problem solving, kind of gathering, you know, all the things that could happen, and then you know taking that that knowledge if you will or experience and then applying it, you know, down the road type of thing. So um, you know, definitely helped me be a better problem solver from, from that standpoint. And that's such a great, you know, logic and, and a tool to use, you know, for everything kind of in life. So
1: there's, there's great value, right. And listening to everybody else before you decide to figure out what to do instead of yeah. just moving forward. So maybe there's something great in all that chatter you heard, or maybe it just resonates that you actually had the right idea all along.
2: Yeah. And I don't know if I was even necessarily set or lucky to have that mindset and kind of really thinking about it. I think it was somewhat developed on a confidence side. I I have built my confidence, you know, over the years and, and, you know, I certainly believe in myself and and the things I do, um, you know, but at one point in my life, I, you know, like any high school student. I didn't really, and a lot of those early years, even talking earlier, um, before this about, you know, people looking for guidance, you know, in their early 20s and all that. So, you know, so much validation kind of happens in that time period. So I spent, you know, I guess a lot of time uh, being quiet because maybe I wasn't necessarily confident in myself, but I think the, the positives I came out of that is, uh, you know, I, I was able to develop that confidence by just, you know, kind of getting it from others, you know, looking at what they do and then putting that, you know, into practice slowly over time, but, you know, obviously so it didn't happen overnight.
0: Yeah, I I, I kind of has felt like it was similar for me. I didn't say a lot either early on. I right. did a lot of listening and, and, and I didn't know who I was. I think looking back on it yet, 100%. But, uh, you know, and I, I wouldn't expect most people to at that point, you know, and, yep. and I was thrust in some difficult situations in my career at a younger age. It required me to have to problem solve. And I learned a lot, not necessarily because I, I, I was sitting back and watching, but more or less because I was thrust into it at a certain point. But when you talk about problem solving, you know, I think of this when I talk to whether it's my daughter or or somebody else kind of getting new into the workforce, I say, hey, look, if you can go in there and solve people's problems, you're going, you're going to go places here, you know, and and, uh, whether that's, whether that's done, um, however that's done. And and there's a lot of different ways and like you and I were different, I I think in some ways in that, but being able to solve problems um in my problems oftentimes in what i'm referring to you know where you may be talking about it from an engineering standpoint mine were from a customer service standpoint or a, or, or something like that within within a business yeah. but whatever it is if you can if you can make those problems go away yeah. or solve them you are you are you're on a you're on a you're on a good track
2: yeah no i i um completely recognize that so really right about that same time you know high school particularly I, worked at a um, local sub shop on a roll, uh, yeah, my I first job. That, and, you know, I think, uh, that's where I started to recognize just what you said, you know, um, and that's kind of the person I've always tried to aim to be because I started, I did see the value in that early is, you know, you know, the owner always had, you know, um, whether it's being the person there to, you know, the, uh, hood system is, you know, I stay after the, to clean that, but even just help, solve you know save money problems with a drawer at the end of the day you know small things let me take this over and do that let me fix things for you um I definitely started to carry that mentality a lot more after that and it was like you said that that plays off in such huge dividends so any career I've ever you know kind of been in like I offer I try to do things that are so outside of my job description um because I, I think that's how it should be and I try to definitely still that in my businesses you know but it, whether it's you know learning it stuff and solving, you know, like an email thing for somebody that's next to me. So they don't have to call it down, you know, type of stuff. Because what I learned is that um, I'm getting paid to learn things. And I, and I started to realize those dots connected down the road and really, you know, from a business standpoint, you have to wear all hats. So I ended up in a spot that when I went to start my business, it's like, I can do some it stuff. I can figure out a little bit of marketing. I can set up a, you know, obviously a computer, I know how to do this, you know, um, I had just a bunch of skill sets that all sounds like, wow, okay. That, that time I helped somebody, I learned something and got paid for it. And, uh, um, I was able to use the skills down the road and it's just it's like so many things, you know, this, the dots connect on the road. So
0: yeah, they do. And, and the, the story you're just telling there, it just makes me think of all the interactions I've had. And, and, and I can think of a, a family member of mine and, and people I've worked with and such. And who anytime they're asked to do something, all they can, their their, their response is, well, how much are you going to pay me? Or what, mm-hmm. you know, what's versus this. And I find people who, I, I, I love talking to successful people like yourself. It's so funny how often it comes up just what you said. Well, I was willing to get my hands dirty in this and try that. And you weren't saying, well, I'll clean that hood for you. I don't think you were, but the hood company charges $300. So I want my $300. You know, you yeah. were, you were, I'm sure getting in there because you knew it was a benefit to you long term right. to know how to clean that hood. And when you fix that person's email or you understand a little bit of marketing, a little bit of accounting, a little bit of some of these things, all of a sudden you've got all these skill sets. Mm-hmm. It's time to go to action, time to, time to build your businesses or, or be marketable in your career. And, yep. you know, here you are a guy who can do this, that and the other thing versus right. these people who I, I just know it's such a huge mistake all they want all they want is well how much are you going to pay me if you're not going to pay me extra for it um, you know forget right. it and they're they're just cut they're, they're just cutting themselves off at the knees
2: right yeah and i, I think uh you know i thought i actually had kind of you know generalized conversation with a lot of people you know lately um it's gotten brought up so many different ways and Sometimes I've, I've noticed it's kind of misconstrued that, you know, as far as I'm not saying, you know, this is that's super sort of important, but it's also, it's not saying that you don't, there's no value in, say, complete mastering something, which is a whole, you know, different, different concept. But it's, um you know, there are two really, I kind of have to have that. I, I kind of look at it like, uh, you know, bad analogy, but, you know, having more speeds in a transmission, you know, type of thing. But it's, it, you know, those are skill sets. So being able to do, have that perspective that you're willing to take something on but also on the back end you know it's kind of like uh, okay to be in different parts of the spectrum also respecting that, hey this might take 5,000 hours to master and there's value in that too um, both of those things are relevant you know one doesn't take away from the other but um, it really actually reminded me of uh, one of my favorite um, shows when I was a kid growing up I don't know if you guys remember the show at all but it was called The Pretender I believe. And it was all about a, a guy who's a very intelligent, actually, like a genius baby government DNA program. He got out when he was younger. And his whole um basically the whole show was kind of based on the government trying to find him as an adult and, and bring him back. And uh he basically, because he was, you know, very intelligent, but he just he hid into the world by just taking on different roles. So like one day he was like a fighter pilot and then a doctor and then just did all these jobs, and something I don't know about that just kind of settled in with me. I like the whole fact that, you, you, and that's I think the biggest thing we get is degrees, you know, because where I'm at now, I'm, I'm not doing a whole lot of engineering. Um, I'm not saying again you shouldn't master something or if you, you like doing it because I am doing it, but in different ways. Um, but just not pigeonholing yourself, you know. I think so many people get into, uh, I'm a teacher, I'm this, but um, and then they think all the other up uh, opportunities of the world aren't there or available to them or that's not an option you know type of thing and that not to get into like the rabbit hole it's like that you know life is in a lot of ways it doesn't make sense and i think that's a beautiful thing you're here to, to kind of do what you want to do and what makes you happy and there's so many possibilities and none of those are are a wrong thing you know so it's um yeah i just i like the idea and i know uh, you've been through um doing several businesses now you know and I, I guess my question, to you would be, um, and, cause this has been recent for me really with new businesses, but, um, how you felt, I guess, after like you, you took on one business or and then you started to do something, maybe this completely different business model. Um, you know, what that felt like to, to say, Oh, I've taken the components and made this successful and I saw the similarities and now I'm, I'm doing something else. And I guess that, um. We'll call it reassurance, but, you know, reaffirmation that, oh, this is, you know, yeah, I can take this and put it somewhere else and, and what that felt like.
0: Yeah, good question. I, and I did do a lot of that, you know, I'm in one business and and I'd started, I think it's like 17, 18 years ago when I got my first start, my first business, I started two of them relatively close together. Um, neither one of them with any money at all to speak of. Nice. And, um, you know, I was, I was working other jobs and, and I think that's kind of a similar path you traveled. Yep. Uh, you know, you're, I'm trying to build my businesses, but I still got to eat and I still have responsibilities and these businesses are, aren't paying for that at this point. And, and, you know, as, as I, you said, you said a word earlier, as I kind of got successful slowly and I was feeling some traction and I was, I was getting somewhere I, I built, I started to build some confidence and, and, and what I was doing and, and the other businesses I was in, I was as an employee. I was always in a role of responsibility. Uh, not Well, I was always in a role of responsibility. So I was kind of running businesses anyway, but there was a big difference as you well know, Craig, you know, mm-hmm. when you go home and lay your head down on the pillow, when you're working for someone else versus when it's, when it's all on you, you yeah. know, how well you sleep sometimes, but I did gain some confidence and through, I think though the steps and then, and then I, I, I saw so many similar, I started seeing, it's, it's like, it's like the, the clouds parted and I saw so many similarities of businesses, whether it was a restaurant or real estate or promotions or whatever I was looking at, mm-hmm. I, I just happened to see all these similarities and business. Now they all have their nuances as, as we all know. Um, right. and some very different but I saw everything in that through that prism I guess yeah. and 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 then you know I I got I get very basic with business I'm like revenues expenses and yeah. I I mean and I sometimes people go to me well I don't understand business and I'm like yes you do you just don't know that's, you don't understand business it, it,
2: yeah it's a checkbook with some things that are tied to like you said both I'm bars so tied to it,
0: it. And, and, yep. and you've you know you've got interesting decisions to make whether it's on pricing or marketing or scheduling i mean there's a million decisions and that's all part of the fun for me anyway and yep. but i did see it kind of as a similar kind of machinery that all it, it may have spit out different things but the yep. workings were very similar um throughout in and i still think of it that way and, and i just started uh A new business this year, and I'm I'm working on start. I'm in the process of starting another one, and I look at them through very simple. You know, it's still still that same way. Of here's the machinery, here's how it works, and I use. I have spreadsheets I use, and you know, there's a there's a lot of math. I kidded that I was terrible at math, and and I am, but business math just makes sense to me because it's just revenues and expenses, and I, I I really crank out the information through the same cut i've adapted them a lot but the same types of spreadsheets i was using 18 years ago when i started so nice which craig it's a great question because i hadn't even thought of that but that's yeah. that's the truth i'm still kind of spitting out through the same same you know
2: yeah
0: etc et so that's that's kind of how i look at a lot of it
2: yeah there's two important things i guess That that's the um more in your face uh, thing I'd say I out of engineering school is I still use spreadsheets a lot, you know, <laughs> maybe to my detriment, I get picked on it, you know, my spreadsheets for everything. And I ask, ask my wife, um, you know, I'm always tell to put it in a spreadsheet. So I think that's, yeah, it's common for us, but you know, you spoke yeah. about um, the responsibility, you know, side of it as well. And I don't know if either of you guys have, um, someone I, I, I follow a little bit, maybe you guys have heard of him. Yeah, I, I like a lot of his, his stuff, but it's um, Jordan Peterson no uh, listened, listen to thing.
0: his a huge i've i've read i've read everything he's written and yeah and, and it's
2: know. great and, and, and I, he, I can tell some of your stuff comes he's, from there, a, yeah.
0: he's a controversial guy he, and, he is for many reasons but i don't see it with what he's with with his books no. i don't know if you've read his books or not but yeah you know, i went and i went and saw him i'll say i'll shoot you a picture i went and saw him speak in rochester that's awesome but, yeah. a couple of years ago and and yeah. I got to like, you know, I would I wouldn't do this for my favorite athlete, LeBron James or Michael Jordan or whatever. Sure. Pay to go pay to meet him afterwards. I did that with Jordan Peterson. That's how that's how excited yeah. I was about that. So yes, please, please continue. But I had to go
2: Yeah, on. I was I mean, I and you know, there's a great topic. I was speak talk about since we, you know, both um both are a fan, but I I, I like his content. Um and I, I think the reason, like you said, that he is controversial. Most people are um that, that speak the truth, you know, They live the truth. And that's why I enjoy about them is that he's, that's why his demographic is, um, you know, a lot of younger kids because they're looking for validation and sometimes the best validation is just in, you know, obviously living in truth or whatever. And you spoke about responsibility and that's probably one of my favorite things that you covers is just, and that's, I guess my biggest advice and I've, I've really kind of now understood the full concept of effort, especially listening to a lot of stuff is just, you know, to take on responsibility, um, not because it's a burden, but because it's the only thing that makes you feel, you know, better, whether it's responsibility or effort, you know, and say they're, they go hand in hand, but, um, you know, we started, um, you know, a hobby of mine just to do backpacking and, and, you know, done some amateur, nothing crazy with mountain climbing and all that, but that activity, like, it kind of goes with a lot of the stuff he says as far as just like the, the persistence and, you know, and, and, and doing something, you know, that uh, is going to take you, you know, I a responsibility to prepare and all that stuff, but you know, just that there's no shortcut. I think so many people, that's like the one common denominator, you know, there's just no replacement for, for an effort, you know, or taking responsibility on, because those are the things that make life worthwhile. And that's really, you know, it's not money or any of those things. It's, it's having responsibility and, and it's a good thing. And, and it, I feel like it's been, um, the definition of it's, I guess, but construed in, in modern day society, like it's, it's bad or whatever these, you know, especially with, I want to go down that road, but you know, um, Instagram and stuff like that and, and, and people faking, um, so many things. And unfortunately, I think like anything you absorb enough content you start to, to believe in it. And, you know, it's just, it's one concept that can save humanity, you know, if you will, or, or make everyone's life better. It's just going back to those little values and taking responsibility because at the end of the day, you know, whether you did a good job with something or anything else, the more effort you put in, the more you get out of it. Like, you know, we did, um, you know, we just been basically hiking mo- mountains in the Adirondacks and we've been going out West a few years traveling and we decided to, to climb, uh, Mount Elbert, which is like the second tallest mountain in the U S and not a super technical climb, but just way more than I've done, you know, 14,000 foot mountain or whatever. And every time it's located, uh, Colorado.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. And I really enjoy taking my son with these cause like on these experiences cause uh, it if, bar none, you know, altitude and all that stuff was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, but every time I do something like that, it's, it's such a great reference for everything else I'm doing when I get home or, you know, the next challenge or anything like that. It's that like basic concept that one, you know, step at a time and not, you know, you do those things. I think you have to, do you have to, you, know, you have to do it over and over, you know, repetition wise, but it molds your perspective, like we were talking about. And, uh, and there's no shortcut, you know, if you got dropped off at the top of a helicopter, the feeling when you're there, you know, whatever it is, whatever you're releasing in your body, the serotonin naturally without drugs or any of that stuff, there's just, that's, Life at its you know purest moment, and so many people either haven't experienced that enough, and and done the repetition enough to get that reward to keep going in that direction. But you know that, that's the first direction I point anybody with you know they're trying to be successful and all that. It's just like you know, and it ties into the work ethic and all that stuff. But you have to have that that reward system, you know, if you will, I think, built or whatever, because it's it's what's going to make. Any process, you know, that's successful or not, you know,
1: worthwhile. You you posted today on Facebook, because I'm a big fan of yours on Facebook, because you don't you don't just put like food porn on there, you know, and yeah, and pictures of your kids all the time. You had a picture today that said you like being put in places that make you realize there's things much bigger than yourself. I'm paraphrasing the quote, but yeah. it's no, like absolutely. That. And that's what you just said. And yeah. It, it it goes a long ways, doesn't it, perspective-wise, knowing that there's a lot of other things out there besides yeah, drama. that's my favorite thing about you know, nature, absolutely, is you sit there and you just you see all the things in the world that are going
2: on without your input, you know, and, and I think, you know, that's awesome or whatever because, like you said, it helps you tie back to all those experiences where you did something hard. You know, you might, you might be in said current situation and going through the motions of, all right, you know, you are know, dreading the effort to get out of that situation or whatever you haven't figured it out um but going back to that smaller perspective and all that gives you the time to go back and say oh, i've been here not apples apples but a million right. times over you know it, everything's moving you know the, the world's flowing and 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 as so long as i uh you know i had that that same mentality you're gonna you're gonna as well you're not you're never really static you know so it's got to keep moving forward you know it's like everything else is
1: dialing out and getting that bird's eye view makes a big difference, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's huge. I mean, I don't, I get really confused when, uh, you know, nature person, I kind of always like, uh, you know, being outdoors or whatever, but even if it's not nature, it's like, uh, people always say, you know, I'm bored. You know, I think that's a huge thing that happens after your thirties or whatever. Um, people have had all these experiences, um, Multiple times over, you know, you're out of that childlike state where you're not experiencing new things. But um, if they realize how small the effort would be uh, to, to just make a slight change here or there and how many experiences there are at your, your helm for me, you know, I guess I just really to nature and the places I've been, I've Been some incredible, you know, canyons and all these things. And, and I got really thinking about it as I'm making my bucket list and all that. And I'm like, there's more places here that I could, you know, I really enjoy doing this. I could ever experience in a lifetime. You know, I could be a vampire in the 400 years and not get a chance to see all these, these places. So, um, I like that, you know, that feeling and it's, it doesn't have to be nature. It's just experiences, you know, and all that. So,
1: so, so I'm not a spreadsheet guy like you 2 I'm a teacher. I'm a rubric guy. (laughs) I'm a, I'm a summary guy, but, but what I've learned, you know, I I've been taking all these notes, listening to you guys talk and it's really cool. much we all have in common i mean i'm not nearly the entrepreneur you guys are but what's neat is neither of you really thought you were going to be an entrepreneur when you were out of high school and college and but but craig you touched on something i wrote this down you basically like to help you like to learn and experience and of course at the end you like to get paid so when you talk when you talk about mastery i i what i have finally learned at 49 years old starting my first business and i'm way behind you guys is the fun's in the mastery when you have that formula isn't it and then Absolutely. once you once you get to the mastery like most the average person thinks the journey's over you guys are ready for the next journey like yeah. like the pursuit like life's about trying to get to that and whatever your level of mastery you decide is is because you right. know, i've learned well, that's I've, a, I've listened yeah. to your stories forever you two and finally I'm like I'm going to jump in the game cuz you're having fun pursuing all that
2: yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to that small thing. So it really goes to the fact that, you know, what you were learning is that you can't really ever master anything per se. You know, there's always somebody that's going to be in, not a competition, but better. I mean, there's always room for improvement. And I think once you accept that, that's where, cause you know, everyone's holding themselves against some kind of standard, you know, but it, it lets you go back to just being at the standard you're at currently, knowing that you can always add to it and running your own race, I guess, you know, if you will, but you know, um, but yeah, I mean, but the once you learn, like you said, uh, um, the pleasures in the, in the learning process, not waiting for that end goal, you know, to be there because it's, it's not. So,
1: so both of you, I, I mean, when I use the term mastery, you're hundred percent correct. You don't really matter. Yeah. Even Luke Skywalker and Yoda were never masters, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> you guys have a, you must have a tolerance or a tipping point where you feel you've mastered enough to move on and you you. You don't micromanage, it. like you, you empower other people to kind of carry on your your businesses while you move on because you can't put your thumb on everything you're doing at once, right?
0: Yeah.
1: So what do you, yeah. how do you guys get to that point?
2: For, for me, and I don't know, probably the same, I think for any business owner it's talk to, um, It was the same for you, Matt, is uh, the delegation part was really actually difficult for me, I think in the beginning. And I don't know if that's because obviously with the associate first business, you have so much um, involved, right? You know, it's, you want to make sure that that those first things you're handing off are, uh, you know, um, don't ruin all the other work that you put in, particularly your time, you know, which obviously is the most important. Um, But uh, yeah, I think once you learn the value, you know, in the delegation part, and that's honestly kind of led up to my, my newest, ventures, if you will, you know, kind of uh, more community-based learning stuff I never thought I would, you know, be interested, involved in, but, you know, I'm sure it's one of the great things that you've learned, you know, and, and rewards as, as being a teacher, and the more I do that, that's kind of like a new thing I've, has haven't always been comfortable with, but the more I do it, um, I realize it's, it's, the, mon- the monetary gain that you get back, if you will, or whatever currency you want to call that. Um, it's probably one of the, the best ones, you know, most valuable, you know, to me because, I don't know, it's it's uh helping anyone to watch them succeed, whether you're just having them take over a task or anything like that. Um, it goes back to, you know, it's reciprocated not only to, to you um, because you get to watch them succeed, and it's you know hard to explain that. But then obviously they, they're getting a skill set, they're succeeding, and, and doing something else, and and you can move on, you know, to other things. So that, that was a hard one for me to learn. Honestly, uh, it's probably the one I'm I'm constantly working on the most. I'm not a um, a micromanager per se, but I'm like um you know classically I was late to to hand things off and and take those responsibilities on. I think you know too long, but I think that's what we what we learn in the process.
0: Yeah, I think that's really common. I I was interesting enough. I kind of looked at it as a math equation. I was I was m- much more like, okay, if I delegate, I agree with you, Craig. The delegation can be difficult, especially when you're mm-hmm. tied into something so long. And and there's probably still a few things, not probably, I know there are that um, I could uh, do a much better job on delegating than I do. But I looked at it, okay, if, if I give up this task or delegate this task and that frees up x amount of time for me to build this new business or add on to my current business expand in some way or whatever i'm trying to do that drives me you know x amount revenue or or whatever the case may be i really got much more analytical and mathematic with it than i than i'm than i'm known for because that's not that's not used that you know i never thought of myself as that type um you know kind of kind of but my business mind has taken over i guess it, it's quite a while ago but i looked at it as a trade-off really paul i was like it's a trade-off okay but it's a good you know trade-offs are not, don't always have to be equal right i can right. give up make i can delegate these tasks and get this much time back and now use this time for this and even if and i do this in a variety of things in my businesses, even if this costs me 20 grand a year by outsourcing and delegating it, but I'm, but I'm making 60 grand a year with my new time. I would look at things like that all the time. And I wasn't always right, of course, but that was, that was how it became easier for me because strangely enough, and I don't, I don't know, you know, it'd be interesting to get a, get a, a poll of entrepreneurs, I am not a perfectionist. I've never considered myself a perfectionist. I have no desire to be a perfectionist, which allows me to be an expansionist in some ways, right? Because, um, you know, I've said before, hey, look, I could own one business and make it the most dialed in, efficiently, you know, perfectly run business to my capability, but I wouldn't make nearly as much money and I wouldn't have nearly as much freedom and, and the money, the money to me, Craig is the, is freedom. You know, that's why, right. that's, that's why I value money. I don't value money for any really other reasons. No, freedom.
2: no that's, I was just going to say is that that's probably where my difficulty was. I, I definitely did the math side too, but the problem is I was in those calculations using us dollars, you know, if you will. And when I started kind of thinking about it in the time component, which, See, time is a constant that we don't know the value of it is what you want it to be so it's like
1: yeah
2: yeah you can't do I, am i worth twenty dollars an hour you know and then i kind of started thinking well potentially i'm worth two hundred dollars an hour you know it doesn't really matter um but you're not going to know either way unless you have freed that time up and if you stick in that cycle then all the opportunities are lost so it just me it's more of like uh why did I, I took a risk in the first place and, I, and you start seeing little payoffs you have to make sure that you know risk is always going to be there and if you're not if you become comfortable you took a couple of risks you know if you're not taking little ones big ones constantly calculated you know of course as best you can but if you're not doing it in the first place you'll never get those opportunities again so it's like this is why I did this in the first place, and I need to make sure that I keep going down that road if I want to progress, you know, um, whether that's personally, like I said, it doesn't have to necessarily be money. But I think that's the big thing that anyone successful found out is really you take all the other things that are, are important um, while keeping money in play, um, but you really make sure you wholeheartedly focus on a little bit of everything, then the money comes along exponentially as long as you don't just focus on that you know um and the biggest one's time you know I think that self-sovereignty um even like that's always been a difficult one for me because I I found a lot of value inside conversations and you know I, I have no problem sometimes getting caught up in a midday conversation I did expect for you know an hour or whatever but um there are also a lot of other situations where I didn't um you know I was sovereign and saying you know no and and, and making sure that I was setting time aside for my myself, you know, whether it was growth or learning stuff or working on the next business thing and all that. And that's, you know, the most valuable resource we have. And, and, and people should, uh, you know, um, just get be careful with it and you know, how you handle it. So.
0: You do, you do. And, and you know, it's always a balance for me too. And I'm always fighting my desire to do more versus a desire to focus on my the time i want how am i going to use that time and it like you were saying with your climbing and and those kinds of things i love traveling i mean i love it i love seeing different parts of the country different parts of the world i love different cultures i i i love it i think it's you know it's you know as you talked about climbing i kind of feel the same type of way about it Mm -hmm. and so i need my time to be able to go do those things and what am i willing to give up for that you know what how much, because I am giving up, you know, opportunity cost to go do mm-hmm. these things. And, and, but that's one of the reasons I got involved in my own businesses anyway, because I wanted to be able to do those things and do them in a way yeah. that, that felt right to me and was wh- wh- how I wanted to do them. But, you know, you said, um, oh shoot, what did you say? You said something I wanted to backtrack on it uh, about about that you were talking you were talking about time and if it comes to me it comes to me if not no big deal but so much of you know the way you look at things i think as an entrepreneur and the the way i look at things are are very similar and i think when you're going down the path that we are and other people do it's it's kind of hard not to look at them those way because because it's real it's kind of the the truth if you will
2: yeah and i the funny thing i again these, these Keep referring to these dots that connect on the road but so many of my ideas and all that have actually come out of um getting out of town here you know and traveling so absolutely climbing and that's the self spiritual reset you know i think that's like a you know list of things that are important to me and uh you know whether you have a denomination or whatever but i think you know some type of spirituality and just whether it's being by yourself you know and uh and spending time you know inside your head i think that's the biggest one because it's I don't think there's any bigger critic out there and people are, um, its you know, I think taking that role of the observer, right, is, is one thing that I've always tried to practice. So yeah, that inter- internal dialogue going in your head and it might sound schizophrenic to some people until you kind of think about the concept, but going outside from a third party and listening to that conversation that you're having with yourself. And it's kind of a hard thing to picture, but you know, I think that can happen in prayer, or meditation, wherever you want to call it. Um, that's one thing I've i have uh you know recognized but also i guess diving back to the travel side just experiences i've had going to different towns i mean some of the a lot of the um theme and decoration and stuff from our and uh build out of our max place came from ideas i've had you know going to different you know breweries and, and stuff and uh buildings and all that so um maybe this is just me pitching my uh, multi-week you know um <laughs> trips or whatever you know is uh is being useful but i really have found a lot of you a lot of my ideas um have come from that or people i've met um you know just like we're doing now you know that's that's the biggest thing is just keep exposing yourself to all this stuff because so many people you go to work you, you stop at the same you know place and get yep. coffee you talk to the same person and um you know this goes back to that like mastery and then doing different things type of thing but i think uh there's times for routine and then you should have that ability to completely break routine and say, and there, there's so much benefit that comes out of not having a routine at all, you know, type of thing. And uh, I think that's what holds so many people back because they get so stuck in such a routine. And I'm not, I think in small bits applied to different things, it's super important. It's the consistency element. Um, but at the same time, of, if you are so bound by routine, then there's so many other opportunities that don't, that don't happen. And you know all my learning experiences i think anybody's you know they come out of that you know so getting out of your comfort zone if that that's what that means to you for breaking their routine i think that's that's what holds most people back um constantly trying to do that you know i think we all find ourselves settling in or it's so easy to just go home you know and and and, and do the same thing or
1: whatever but um i'm constantly looking for ways to uh to break my routine a little bit because i know that's you know where a lot of growth comes from do you think that that's part of the problem today? Like I feel in all the places I've traveled and I'm no worldly traveler, but I've traveled a lot of the country. Yeah. I, meet, I meet so many awesome people and have so many great experiences when you're stuck in a routine and you just watch what you're shown on the news every day, mm-hmm. all of a sudden everybody else is different. And it really isn't any further from the truth. We all have so many of the, the, the same things in common if you experience it with one another. And yeah, so I, like, I think that's a big problem because you can just tune what you want to see and watch and yeah.
2: do. Yeah. I keep, keep talking about that child thing. And I think that's one of the best things about, you know, being the dad or whatever. I think, you know, I some people miss that opportunity to your, your children are one of the most ultimate uh, kryptonites of you will, or just the opposite um, to keep you in that childlike state. And I, you know, it's that kind of hit that whole term, you know, thinking back you know, grow up, you know, type of thing. I, I, is that completely necessary? I think, you know, think about keeping yourself in that childlike state at times, and you realize, you know, that's obviously the the, the period where you learn the most and it develops who you are, you know, for a while. Um, but kids are absorbing, you know, so much stuff. And uh, um, I like, um, you know, following some, I don't know if you guys have Alan Watts, he was a, you know, philosopher, and I like sharing a lot of, a lot of his stuff. But, you know, one of the things he says is that wisdom doesn't necessarily um really come from top down it comes from the you know the bottom up and i think uh kids have you know sometimes so much more wisdom than we do in some aspects um because they're so open you know they don't have um you know, i dive into one of my you know favorite books is um the four agreements and i've you know if you guys have read that at all and uh um but i the thing i like about that book is you really talk about um people don't realize this but you know like any any other animal or whatever in a way we're, we're kind of domesticated and we have all these hard agreements that we don't realize we live by um you know as we get older and it's so important to kind of always revisit your perspective and why you think of things and be open to, to changing it you know if you have enough evidence to support it and then obviously the way to change anything is to make small changes and do that in repetition over time and then you've made a new you know, a new agreement and kids are doing that so easily all the time because there's, you know, they're whatever, it's like mental cartilage, you know, but we become so rigid, you know, the older we get, um, I think, you know, there's some benefit to that, but um, just staying staying flexible, you know, our ideas. And I think, so I just watch my kids and they go through their things or whatever. And it's like, I, I think we should, in a lot of ways, never really grow out of that state. Um, I think the people that are, are happy, you know, or like, Use the word, you know, joy more or whatever. It's, it's, it's you know, more of a non-result driven, you know, type of type of feeling. But you know, uh, pay attention to how, how kids act and then mimic
1: that a little bit. And you know, it's so important. Craig, the four the four agreements almost could be the only four laws we live by, right? Yeah. And that's I, you know, I I've a read a
2: lot of things, but I always go back to that. It's just I
1: use it's such a powerful it. book. I use them in coaching. I, I, hand them out to my team and I'm like, memorize them. Like everything you talk about, any drama we could have on the team coaching goes Don't. back down to those four agreements. Yeah. It's Sounds up. like
0: something I got to read.
1: It, it's insane. It, and such a great, yeah,
2: great book, yeah.
1: That's it. Yeah. Actually, uh, you
2: know, I wrote them down Yeah, I want to go through them, but, um, yeah, they are, uh, you know, I had them right here. They're, uh, being impeccable with your word. Um, don't take anything personally uh, because you know it goes back to that perspective thing everybody's you know, they call it in the book they're living their own dream but it's they're going throughout their life based on all the agreements they've made by all they've witnessed you know how they're retreated um, the relationships they had and it's that I guess you know until you' been in someone's shoes you know type of thing it's, it's said many ways but um I think that's a huge one for me is you know might have some perspective that's different you or not agree with you um but in so many cases you know as long as you don't take it personally and understand that you don't understand where they're coming from and doesn't necessarily mean they're right or wrong um but not once you take it personally i think you start already offering answers to the solution without really thinking it through you know it's like don't make decisions you're you're angry you know type of thing um uh, don't make assumptions is the third one you know which is, is like kind of the same thing but you know i think that's huge right you go through life and you see somebody it's a you know seeing that poor person that's asking for money and you know just make an assumption they don't want to work or you know something you know it's a kind of a classic example you know but it's so huge you know anything you know someone comes in work for a bad day and you just you know they've had a bad week but they got things going on at home you know and uh you know maybe a conversation will completely clear that up and and turn them back around. Um, and then the last one, which is probably the hardest one, I think that, you know, they admit met in the book and that, you know, that's, that's one for me, but it's always doing your best. And it definitely speaks to what you said, Matt, it's, that's really not perfection. You know, the way they explain it, it's, it's going to vary from day to day. Um, but like you said, you know, laying your head down at the end of the day on your pillow and knowing that, you know, I, I didn't read perfection because it seems kind of mastery. It's, it's an elusive thing. And, uh, not worth getting there because you really can't um but knowing you did your best you know you're you're gonna sleep a lot better you're gonna be content and you're not gonna live in uh um you know self-regret so it's i don't know so many powerful things in that book it's uh such a such a great read but i like that you know the one thing they speak in there just uh, i guess you know let you read the rest of it but he he speaks about um you know we're basically the only species that. punishes ourselves multiple times for a mistake um whether that's to each other or in our internal dialogue if you look at any other species even ones that are you know related to us like uh, you know chimps or anything like that um in their social construct if they make a mistake they punish the individual for it once um but that's it there's no um you know, I have to say how many times have we just keep beating ourselves up, you know, over a bad decision or, you know, something that is or isn't our control it doesn't really matter. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're interesting in that, you know, and I think that's uh, you know, something everyone should be should be aware of. I mean, again, sometimes you have the internal dialogue and you say that same thing to yourself 10 times a day and you beat yourself up and you don't even realize you're doing it. And uh, if you sat down and were more cognizant about it and stopped doing it, you know so it opens your mindset back up they're Who, great
0: who'd you say the author was of that book
2: um it's uh the last name's Ruez, don miguel Ruez. okay i, yeah. I want. one
0: it sounds int- right up my it sounds right up my alley i
2: gotta that's it. awesome you know it's uh, my business partner um you know he uh, introduced me to it and we I think the first time we actually listened to it was actually i i didn't read the book i it was an audiobook and it was the first trip we took out west or in our little adventure van or kind of going over the hills in california and I just remember um kind of time just style like just one of those um those books and i think uh he does a lot of audiobooks but it was spoken by uh was a peter coyote and just has one of those awesome you know voices too so that definitely helps but uh just soothing um but no just every part of that book it's home. And I like, like you said, Paul, the, the thing about it is it's really quite simple, you know, and, and they talk about things in there, which I'm sure are all elements of psychology and all that, but it, it, it goes back to the observer role. A lot of the, the elements in there kind of put you in that observer role, especially them breaking down to say, oh, wow, well, you know, how many things do I, you know, it's that thing. I don't want to be my dad you know it's there's a lot of things you know i think we all do because of our parents that we we like and there's a lot of things you know really the business side for me tying into that you know my parents weren't they're great people and all that but there's a lot of risks that they should have taken because they are extremely talented and, and there were business opportunities i watched them kind of not take growing up and uh so i wanted to do the opposite um you know type of thing so but just realizing how bound we are by our upbringing and also I guess the most powerful part about that is that you can change it. You know, once you are, you have the time to play the observe, the, ro- the role of the observer and you you if you start problem solving your own problems. You say, these are positive things, you know, these have given me positive outcomes. But here are the, the reactions I have that don't. Win. Okay, step one, you know, being aware, obviously. Step two is, all right, testing. Well, I'm gonna react this way, all right, and this way, and this way, and this way, and do it react five different ways. No, this one gives me the most positive outcome. I'm going to take that out of the bunch. Now I'm going to put it into practice. And even if I, you know, again, not living a regret type thing, even if I, one out of three situations, I've now set a three out of three, I've tried this new solution that I know works. And then trying the next week to do two out of three, you know, percentage wise or whatever. And like anything else, the more you do a repetition, eventually, for the most part, you've completely replaced that agreement and that reaction, which to me, in the end, is basically no different than it's. A pers- now you've shifted your perspective, you know?
0: well, I, so. think, I think something you said there, Craig, that was really interesting and important is we can. So, so many things influence us, and we're, right. we're certain ways because of, but we can change them. Is, it was what's so important to know. However, yeah. in order to change them, you have to be aware, <laughs> like you said, right? Yep. But and and that's why I think reading is so important because, for me, anyway. Aware, so much awareness in my life has just come from reading and yep. other people's stories, or or, or book, books on business, books on history, books on a million topics. Yep, it brings to me this idea that the oh wow that I didn't realize that now I'm aware. Yep. maybe I don't like this about myself. Maybe I you know maybe I never thought I could change it. Well, now nope. I know that someone else changed it in their life or whatever, and it just opens. It's like it opens that door, you know, that that awareness door, and I just wanted to point it out because anybody listening, I think they ought to. They ought to. That's another yeah. reason to read because so much. You know, we all have had challenges. We'll have challenges, et cetera. Some more than others, but um, at some point. You got to be able to say, hey, look, if I want to be if I want this to be any different, I have to change it. I have to take responsibility. Right. This is Mm -hmm. on me, but I can do it. And then and then but but until you've taken those steps, maybe maybe, you know, maybe you can't. But but, you know, you need to you need to read in order to open those doors, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I think read and, you know, just one thing. I could tie back to these all day. You know, it's, it's funny cause they are like that common denominator, but it's also, you know, the one I didn't really explain much, the, the being impeccable with your word, you know, basically, you know, speaking your, your truth, whether it's good or bad and all the other ones line up. So, you know, for me, I've been fortunate, um, you know, my business partner, Ryan, he, um, he's just, you know, it's been a key part of our whole relationship. We've always just been, uh, you know, impeccable the word truthful you know you know on our perspective whether it's right or wrong and then we've also I think been very before I even read these books been very good at the um um not taking it personally and if it's you know obviously it may warrant a conversation but if something I need to change you know then I've now taken on I, I realize I need to do that and that's that's my responsibility or, you know, vice versa, you know, either way around, but if you surround, your, you know, once you start kind of also surrounding yourself, I think with, or, or also helping those around you speak and communicate, you know, more or whatever, it teaches a lot about yourself, you know, as well. Um, but I think, I mean, that's a, I think a huge part about our society, you know, as we, we kind of tiptoe around each other and um, so much of that valuable human interaction, you know, I think we're, we, we, we take, I'll, if anything, we're all, a lot of people take things too, too personally, you know, anymore, and, and you don't have to, because the other person's giving you an opinion, um, even if it has strong evidence, um, it doesn't necessarily mean they're right, but I, I see so much more value in doing that than not having those interactions, you know, I think yeah. that, that I think doesn't happen, you know, enough today, you know, amongst people, they, they kind of, um, over the bland things that are not controversial, you know, in their life or whatever, but, um, they're also, um, you know, they're not investing in each other to, to grow, you know, by doing that. So,
0: which there you go. You mentioned that word again, it's come up about a half dozen times today. today, yeah. but it's, it's, it's so, it's so important is that growth and it comes from the uncomfortable conversation or the uncomfortable yeah. spot you put yourself in, you know, in, in, in yeah. life. And I, you know, I, I'll tell the story quickly. I may have told it before. I don't think so. But um, I've always raised my daughter. I was I always tell her, Hey, look, you got to get uncomfortable. I, I was, we were going through very uncomfortable times in my life because of the business risks and some of the things we we're doing It what we weren't living how most people live, I should say. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: that could be uncomfortable at times. And, and I would just, you know, she would say, or I would say to her, Hey, we're going to, we got to get, we got to, get uncomfortable. We're going to get be uncomfortable. That's where the growth is. That's where the growth is. And then, mm-hmm. you know, maybe two, three years ago, I'll never forget. I was in my kitchen and my daughter came in and she said, Hey dad, I've been thinking about something. I got to talk to you about and I'm like, what's that? She goes, you've gotten way too comfortable. And I, I kind of went back and went
2: awesome. Yeah,
0: really? really exactly. I said, really? Yep. She goes, yeah, I just think you've gotten really comfortable. You know, my businesses were all going well, everything, you know, Everything's yep. going well. And, you know, the conversation stopped me in our house, stopped being about what are we doing next? that's that's interesting and unique and, and, and challenging mm-hmm. and, and and growth inspiring to are we going to Disney world? You know, right. sh- should, you know, should we get a, a hot tub? You know, nonsense is what I call that stuff. That's all nonsense. It's all great. Right. So my dad had a different word for it. I'm not going to say, but, but, that was all and my daughter just called me out on it. She said, I, I, I think you've just gotten too comfortable and then kind of left the room for me to yeah. soak in that. And, uh, and I went, Oh my God, she's absolutely right. And it, it wasn't long before I was going down a new road with another project. And you know what? I felt alive again. You know, there's you, you, yeah. I never feels alive taking those risks, starting to calculate it as you said earlier and, yeah. and starting those new businesses. I don't feel that way in a boat or in a nice car or in a, you know what I mean? In, in, the, sure. in, the, in the, in the, in the, in the crap is, as, as I would yep. say. So um, I just, I just think, I mean, I can tell Craig, you want to be the kind of person I want. I want to be the best guy and the best person I can be. And, and I don't know what that is, right. but I know it's not going to be because I sit here on my laurels and go, Oh, okay. I can't wait to retire. I can't wait to see what's on Netflix. I can't right. wait for the weekend. I can't, it doesn't come from that. It comes from things that make me uncomfortable so I can, so I can grow it. And, and not enough, there's not enough conversation about that stuff, the conversations that who has the newest car and who's got right. the biggest house. and who's no, it's, got-
1: it's,
2: it's all the elements to get to a level of, of comfort or ever. And yeah, I mean that, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel on that. I think you know, that's, that's one of those wisdom things, but I, I'm always looking around for other people's situations and scenarios. And, and like, it goes back to, I guess, how this all began, you know, just paying attention, you know, to, to people and, and using their examples, you know, maybe they're, they're aligned with what I think I want right now, but then you know, using that history and, and, and maybe have a conversation with them, you know, or, or just maybe some things you can just see outright. But, you know, there's so many things that you get to, especially I certainly in the material world where you get to the point, um, you know, where you get that, you know, it's, and it's I guess, best related and say celebrities or any of that stuff. I mean, that if you committed suicide or doing any of the things that just are miserable, you know, for whatever reason, it's just, you know, there's some examples out there, you know, a lot of just being real with, I think the things that, um, are most important to achieve. And again, I think all the other stuff can come out as a side, you know, benefit, you know, type of thing, but, um, yeah, yeah. Just staying uncomfortable. And you know, that's been, I don't know how your you know immediate family is, but I'm always doing, you know, um, kind of outside the box things. And I've always been that person, you know, to an extent. So I guess I started that early, luckily. Um, but, uh, you know i just i have a lot of people in my life that you know i live that comfortable life or whatever and it's just i don't know how many times it's like you're doing what you know or especially started the traffic that was a big one you know i had two kids at the time you know, dad you know um actually my first company i was speaking to uh you know they let me go actually because of the business because it was a conflict of interest that's what happened to be my first client you know like two months later you know so actually yeah. I guess one call fired from my, you know, my first job before I you know, found my job at, at Haunt. And so I started the business. I was just going to live off of that. And that, that was probably the, maybe the scariest month, month and a half of the, this whole process so far, I was in the element of unknown, you know, at that time or whatever, but just all the things, you know, um, and then it, I started to realize, you know, they, it's that perspective thing. They just, they just, you know, don't know. And I had to be confident and comfortable with myself. Um, but, one thing I was realistic about is how I felt, you know, this is how I felt after being comfortable. And this is how I felt, you know, growing and, and whatever. And I, I liked the feeling on this side and it, it was a, you know, a good, good feeling, a gut feeling. It wasn't something, it wasn't that feeling you get when you do something, you know, bad. And to me, I just kind of assimilated that with, there must be something behind this. This must be worth pursuing. And there's other reasons, other people, you know, pursue this path. So it took away a lot of the fear you know, for me at the end of the day, I knew that, you know, if I tried, you know, and and had little failures and stuff like that. Sure. But, um, I don't know. I just, I liked the feeling on that side more, you know, a lot more and and I'm glad I went with it. You know, I think so many people don't and, uh, I don't know. I just, I wake up every day, you know, just uh, so much more energized than I did when I wasn't pursuing, you know, these goals early in my career and just work for somebody. So,
1: I think it's awesome because you two, I mean, I feel that way too. Uh, I'm in a safer career kind of, but uh, age, career, and success, when you stop growing, you're you're the most vulnerable you could ever be in life because your bills add up. You think you're successful. You have this stable career and it could literally be taken out from your feet at any time. Yeah. Any of your businesses, any, but, but like with you two, if your businesses, if something happened, you have the process and you have the drive and the growth, you'd start over. Not saying you'd like it. Right. I'm in a business where a lot of people wouldn't know what to do if their career was taken from and yeah, so comfortable. Right. In fact, you guys have that mindset. I'm trying to, Uh, it makes you not superhuman but it, it it makes you less vulnerable to anything that could happen in life right yeah
2: i mean i also kind of
1: look at it it prepares you for life and it goes you know back again so
2: you know, love all these people so much but the jordan peters thing that i think by living the life of maybe enhanced virtue or if you will um also is a an antidote or a um you know it it helps you deal with the things that are in the other end of that spectrum in life. Cause there's obviously there, there's the reality of, you know um, you know, which he speaks a lot about um, Peterson, but he, he talks about, you know, life's hard, you know, there's going to be, you're going to have family members, spouses. I mean, life at its core is, you know, that's the tough thing, toughest thing to come to terms with. There's so many beautiful things about it all and there's so many horrible things. It's that yin, yan, heaven, hell, light, dark. So if you're not, you know, constantly giving to the light. You don't have, you know, and the thing is, they have to exist. You know, if you don't have that range, then the good's never going to feel like the good because the bad doesn't exist. You know, it's in, in every religion, every aspect of life. Uh, um, but if you shoulder that responsibility, I think it transcends you. Um, you know, taking on just all the burdens of life, like you know, that are going to come. You know, that maybe, but when you're in that that middle of that spectrum and you haven't you know, it's like stretching, right? It's kind of like, uh, mental yoga, if you will, if you, you don't have the ability to perceive both of those things and accept it, um, that, you know, you're in that comfort zone everything's good in life. it's not a problem. But when those things hit, you know, I think that's the thing that take people, they take people out, you know, for long periods of time. And, uh, it's not even, you know, to the whatever success part, you can define that however you want, but it's also, I think all these things in that you are also just, uh, um, you know, living, I guess heaven on earth, you know, if you will, trying to make the best out of what life is and it's, it's everything. So, um, I think by, you know, spending as much time in the light, you know, if you will, and having virtue, it doesn't matter what you're, you know, you're doing to what you're into something or whatever, you know, really just putting your time and energy into the things that make you healthy, you know, mentally and all that prepares you for, other stuff you're going to have to inevitably deal with and at the end of the day you know we'll call them cancel each other out or whatever but it's going to give you the most satisfying life you can live so well
1: so listen I, I always like to end with this you kind of just touch base with it but sum up advice you could give to anybody that's comfortable or anybody that that's looking to break out and start that business in a sentence or two what would your advice be to them hmm i do this I mean, then they won't have to listen to the whole podcast, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
2: I would just say, you know, life's full of inherent risks and I guess this is the analytical side of me, but you know, um, you know, it's easy. So go take, take a look at, you know, the risk you take every time you get into a car and that's a, I'm alive, I'm not alive situation. That's the ultimate, you know, both sides of those spectrums. I don't get to experience life anymore and, uh, how much risk you take doing that. So I'd say, you know, that again, little things like this, where I justify it. Also, you know, I, a lot of things in the background and I look at it, I go back to just making those comparisons and then it makes you think this is, you know, why I should do it. It justifies it to me, you know, actually the, the risks that you think are so risky are not. And, uh, you know, really in the end too, I like one of my favorite things, I just, I go back to, you know, I all kinds of great family members and great, grand, you know, very good grandparents. My, you know, one grandfather, I just remember, just listen to his stories, you know, if anything at the end of the day, using gratitude, you know, to kind of be that extra push, but listen to stuff that he had to go through when he was in the war and the great depression and sharing a bowling sandwich with his brother. And, you know, we live in a, a time of just profound opportunity, you know, and then of the day. So if anything, I, you know, the, the tail end of it all, I'm not going to do it for anything else, it's just gratitude for Really living here, you know, all just so much opportunity on the day. I always try to back it up with that. And if anything, I'm, you know, trying to live a, a legacy for him because he went through a lot more struggles than honestly I'm ever going to have to go through. And if he can go through those, then, you know, are these really risks? Are these really struggles that are that bad? You know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen at the end of the day? I'm not going to go to jail yeah, not going to die. I know I can get back on my feet, you know, type of thing. Um, say something does fail. I'm not planning for that, but, um, the risks that you think are, are so, you know, so bad or or not
1: worthwhile,
2: you know, might not be, you know, as big as you think. So
1: perspective. Yeah. So listen, we didn't even talk about axe throwing. I, you got (laughs) to promise us you got to promise us you come back in a year and we get to talk about that and all your other new endeavors.
2: Yeah. Maybe we'll be franchised
1: by then. So I want to get the axe the trailer going here soon. So that's incredible. So promise yeah. us you'll come back. We're putting you on the spot right now. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> all right, guys. Hey, have a great Thanks. evening. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, yep. Paul.